This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. So great to see you again. What does it feel like when you make a mistake? Oh, just saying the words. Can you feel it? Can you feel that sense? That sense of, uh, it depends on what the problem is, what the mistake is that you've made, but that sense of embarrassment, that sense of dread, that sense of failure, that sense of, oh... It's hard work, isn't it, when we make mistakes? So what about making mistakes with the alpacas? Have you ever made a mistake with the alpacas? Okay, it's almost guaranteed, isn't it? Even if we had fixed things that we were doing, because you've got live animals that you're interacting with and numbers of them, whether it's just a few or whether it's more, then you've got the potential to to have much more of an impact and yeah, you get more opportunity to make mistakes. The more that you do, the more that you make mistakes. If you don't do anything, then you won't make any mistakes. Yay! But you won't be doing anything. And even doing nothing can be a mistake. So, oh, so that doesn't work. I, my encouragement really is to think about learning from our mistakes. Oh, we need to learn from our mistakes. Oh, that sounds pretty great. So I don't really mean that, but I do mean that it's okay to make mistakes. That's allowed. It's part of the learning process. It's part of what we do as we grow. And therefore, doing something, having a go and learning how to do it better next time, that's okay. That's part of the process of our growing, of our learning, of our becoming better. And the idea is not to make big mistakes, that have massive implications and to avoid those by making smaller mistakes and recognising that there are choices that we make and that that choice can be small, can be large. It can be something, oh, do you know when you do that thing again? Have you done that? (laughs) When you do something and you think, oh, not again. I thought I'd learned about that one. I thought I'd Got better at that, but... (sighs) So if something is really, really, really awful, then you do go, I'm never going to do that again. But most of life is in between somewhere. It's those things that are inconvenient and a bit of a nuisance and a bit of a, I wish I hadn't done that. Like, Like what? Like leaving a bag out, a food bag, a paper sack that gets damp. And you go to pick it up later and it's fallen apart because it's just got dump. And it's not the end of the world, but it's just frustrating and unfortunate and unnecessary and all of those things. So how can we learn from those things? I guess we just got to be more aware of what we're doing, be more intentional about what we're doing and build those things as patterns of behavior, Mm. of routines, of things that we do. That's just what we do. We make sure we put the tool back in the place. We need to put the the brush, the shovel, 
the wheelbarrow, whatever it is you're using, put it back in the same place so it's available for you for next time. Don't leave the gate open. Or remember to open the gate before you start moving the animals. Those are all mistakes. Those are all not the end of the world. These are things that we can learn from if we allow ourselves to learn from them, if we can be prepared to make mistakes that are forward in direction. So we're not just doing the same thing again, as I've already said, but we're growing and leaning forward. So there is that thing of how it feels. And some of that is good, but some of it is we're being too hard on ourselves. And it's part of our mindset that needs to change about the way we think about ourselves, where we think about little failures, the way we think about things that didn't quite work out. So let's learn and grow in the process. It's a good plan. <laughs> I know it's not easy to do. So be kind to yourself and let's grow together. I'm working on a little mini-series, which is looking at older animals and older people. Oh, oh, that's me. <laughs> I'm not old, but I am getting older. If you're on your way downstairs and you think, well, what else can I take down with me so <laughs> I don't have to come back up? Mm, maybe that's an indicator. What about grey hair? Oh, yes, got plenty of those. So maybe that's an indicator. Maybe the, I haven't done this for a while and now I'm really stiff. Maybe that's an indicator. I, 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 I need an afternoon nap. Is that an indicator? Or if you get to the point of needing an afternoon nap, then you're getting older. That's okay. You adjust. And the same is true with our alpacas. So how do we adjust things with our alpacas? Whether it's the feeding, whether it's the shearing, how we shear, whether we shear, housing make sure that they've got access to the inside and thinking about coats, all those kind of things. So there's a number of issues around the care for older alpacas and also care for our older selves. It'd be great to have your thoughts and your ideas on. So do let me know, steve at alpacatribe.com. Drop me a line, let me know, and we'll see how we can incorporate that into the future. That's still to come in the coming weeks. Meantime, I had a walk on this lovely spring afternoon and there's a few sounds and sights and things to tell you about. So here's a valley update. So it's a funny old day. Um, a little bit cooler, but it's a little bit more humid. It's got a quite cloud dark cloud higher up but it is um bright sun this afternoon it was it was very gray the first thing this morning but bright sun this afternoon so i've just taken a picture which will not do justice to what i'm seeing and the audio makes no <laughs> you can't see the amazing color of the trees the leaves are pretty much there on most of the trees looking around have we got any bare ones not really apart from dead ones so there's pretty good leaf coverage now on most of the stuff um, that's around. So it's a lovely spring afternoon. I'm just going to go around and feed the boys 
and then the girls and see what we can do. I was thinking earlier today we had the the cuckoo demonstrating its presence somewhere. It moves around as they do, different sides of the valley, different up and down the valley as well. And we're only hearing one this year. Last year we heard two, very definitely two different parts of the the valley. So we're just on one cuckoo. And I was just musing on where did where do they go to? And we know that's to Africa, North Africa. Uh, thereabouts, and then they fly back again. So the parents go and leave the the youngsters behind, who I think travel therefore by themselves. I was wondering if they were coming back to the same valley, whether they have a sense of mm, something. I don't know what how cuckoos are doing it, but they they come back. We've only got one this year, so. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means anything at all, but that's just how it is. So they were all gathered, <laughs> except, well, actually they were further apart and I had to, I had to call them, but they, they came down, except for Freddie. So I had to go, for, I left all the rest of them and I went and fetched him and he was right down the far end. He was just busy. He was busy grazing. So he came in, he had his tea as well. So we put all the food out. Oh, there's Jack. <laughs> Too close to my food, thank you very much. He's a funny. There's the metal bin going over the plastic bin. This is Jack believing in social distancing because any alpaca coming in within a couple of metres of where he stood eating his food from his trough, which is the way he views it, then he makes all this noise, all this fuss, I think. So I think that's a social distancing thing he likes to have. Two metres, please. Funny, funny. The boys seem to be doing quite well when we checked them over when we were doing the, the drench for them the other day. Uh, so the fluke treatment. And um, generally, uh, yeah, body condition's good, um, which is good to see. So we shall see. There's a few more sort of biting flies and things bothering them. Little, little, uh, whatever they are. Little white biting things that get on your scalp as well. <laughs> so I get, the, I get bitten. Can't quite work out what's going on with the geese this year. You know, we talked about eggs in the nest and stuff, and then there were none. And they were off the nest. And there was no sign of any eggs at all. So just wondered whether, in fact, they'd been... Mm, something had stolen them. And then the other day I was up in a bit of the field I don't normally get to by the boys um, and found some eggshell. So I think they have been stolen, probably by a fox, not quite sure. I've got a mouth that's big enough to be able to take it, really, don't you? But... Uh, so they're still around, and uh, they're game. They seem to be going back again and having another go. So we shall see.
and then down to feed the girls. So everybody fed and watered and debrambled. Yes, yeah, gone now. I don't have to chase you anymore. Little one, little Lena had a really big bit of bramble that was kind of up the side and underneath and it was quite stiff, but with the thorns and stuff. So it's gonna be uncomfortable, some vulnerable places. So anyway, managed to eventually manage to corner. She knows when I'm hunting her <laughs> and she's, she's just watching me out of the, corner of her eye as she's walking away and, and walking away and walking away so she's becoming more of a challenge to catch and you have to move them around and put them in a space where they can't go anywhere else so we managed to catch her in a doorway in the end and she, she's now sorted and she's forgiven me <laughs> yeah they've got fairly fairly good memories but uh, they're fairly forgiving they when you do something with them taking brambles off and things like that. They're, they're fairly quick to relax around you. Again, they recognise you were doing something to help, even if they didn't want it. Oh dear. So, trust, confidence. Takes time to build, takes time to get to the place where you've earned it really, it does, does, does take time. So that's now some progress with the little ones as well as the older ones. The older ones, they put up with me. Oh, Amelia is a funny one. Amelia is a really funny character. Now, I've had this conversation before with my wife, Sue, and we can't quite decide whether we collect strange animals or whether we create them. <laughs> Maybe somehow in the process of the way we interact with them we create some strangeness, but I'm not sure. I think we just allow it to be expressed in some ways. There we go. Yeah, so Amelia's this, this, this strangeness. Um, she, she does a lot of standing. She's usually at the end, the back. Millie's usually at the front, leading the way, and Amelia's nearly always at the back, bringing up the rear, or she's just slightly off by herself. It's interesting. Um, she's not a loner loner, but she's happy to be slightly distant from the others. She regularly, she'll run across and she'll bounce uh, kind of in front of you, slightly, slightly threatening, broadside, so she can, you can see how big she is. She's not very big at all, actually. She's a small one. She's a small alpaca with big attitude. So she comes holding a position and she kind of stands and clucks at you a bit. Uh, usually it doesn't go any further than that. It's just a kind of little warning thing, making her point. So, but earlier today we, we had somebody in using one of the buildings down by the lake and we'd been in and put the fire on and various things and, and Amelia, she often does, but there was, there was things happening in the building, which we haven't had very much of, of late. So she went and she stood and stared in the glass window. She stared and stared and she was, I, now, 
I'm convinced that part of the time she's doing that, she's actually looking at her reflection in the glass. And the other time she's looking through the glass to what's inside. But she's just got such a lot of attitude. She's the one who will protect. So Amelia will protect everybody's baby, including her own. But she'll also protect everybody else's baby. Um, and, and anybody else who needs, in her opinion, needs protecting. So if we're doing anything with drenches or things, which we did earlier in the week, we did a, a fluke drench for everybody. So we squirt, squirt, squirt. And we used the, the little stable. So we fed them from the large stable into the little stable and then sort of four or five at a time and then dealt with them and then fed them out again. And uh, outside in the stable courtyard area, then there was a, a big bowl of alpha A, so alfalfa, chopped, chopped up alfalfa, which they really like. And so they didn't go off they were happy to stay around and they stayed inside the, the little corral area and waited for the others to be released well when you've only got a few you don't really want to kind of drive them up into a field off, off by themselves they don't really want to go they want to stay with everybody else so so that worked quite well we were quite pleased with that why did we never think of that before <laughs> that was quite an easy process actually they were at lower temperature they 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 worked really well. They, they they weren't too stressed. We were able to deal with most of them. There's a few little feisty ones, but there always is. But much less. And even Millie, goodness me. I was amazed at how re really laid back Millie was, which I wasn't expecting. I thought we were going to have a little fight with her. But she was okay, which is good. So that was all sorted. Um, in the background, there's some grinding or some metalwork type stuff going on. I'm not sure what they're up to. They're fixing something. There's been... Um, that gentle aroma of muck spreading. It's not a gentle aroma at all, it's awful. It, a couple of days ago it started, and I think we must be due for some rain, because our neighbours don't normally spread if there's not the rain to then wash it into the ground. And That seems to be going on today. We've got this cluck, 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 as this machine is, with paddles, is kind of spinning around and then throwing the stuff out into the field. Um, not very close to us, but it's, it's sort of nearby. You can... You can smell it and you can hear it for sure. And we have had our moments when we've had it just before we've had visitors come. <laughs> Which is classic timing. Uh, well, you, it's, it's the country smell. What can you do? So there we go. Another week, another update in the valley. And thank you for being here. If you can, go spend some time with your alpacas and see you again soon. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.